Take your Bibles and turn, first of all, we're going to be in several passages. Take your Bibles, first of all, to John chapter 12. And let's pray. Lord, I pray once again, you would open your word to us. This is so very needful in this time. I pray that it would sink deep in our hearts. In Christ's name, amen. I, I, I've, I've debated whether or not to start out like this with this message, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and if it flops, it flops. There's something that kind of helped me a little bit more in this message. I came across, I don't know how, but I came across a video of an Irish preacher talking or preaching about the thief on the cross. He shows up in heaven. Angel comes up and says, excuse me, sir. Why are you here? And he says, I don't know. I don't know. Well, what is it exactly? How, what did you do? Did, he says, I don't know. I don't know. And, and the, the angel gets frustrated. He says, I, wait, what? what excuse me, I'm going to go get my supervisor. So he goes and gets the supervisor angel, and the angel comes up, the other, the supervisor angel comes up and says, uh, uh, excuse me, sir, I, I have just a few questions about your background. Have you ever been to a Bible study? A Bible study, what's that? Well, tell me what you know about justification by faith. He says, I never heard of it. Well, wait, wait a minute. Then how... Hold on. How did you get here? And the guy says, the man on the middle cross said I could come. Now, it's not quite biblical, but it does make a good point. You talk about, well, you'll see. Let's go ahead and get started, but this is what it got me going on. Because when you come to the Lord's table, you're thinking about what took place there, specifically with one thief, and then Christ winds up in the middle of two thieves. So, I entitled this message, The Amazing Story of Two Thieves. Not the two thieves on either side of Christ, but one that was with him and one that he wound up with while he was on the cross. We're going to start out with the first one. His name is Judas. And in John 12... We're going to get just a taste of his conduct. Look at verse 3. 
John 12. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence? That's a year's wages and given to the poor. Then he said, excuse me, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. Now, this is amazing because you begin, you kind of close your eyes and you consider, here is a man that give or take a little bit, basically for three years, he was with Christ. For three years, he heard him teach. He saw his love. He saw the miracles, he witnessed the power of God. Three years. But in almost three years' time, guess what still owned his heart? Now, that's the kind of thing you just kind of sit back and, and, you, and you wonder at that. In spite of all the love, in spite of all the power he saw, in spite of all the participation in things that he had with Christ as he went before the multitudes, he went up against the Pharisees and the Sadducees, in spite of all that, where was his mind? Where was his mind? Where was his heart? It was with the money. He was a thief. He had the bag. That was by his design. Now, the Lord knew what was going on, but you think about that. So there was his conduct. Now, go, if you would, please, to Luke 22. That's the last time we'll be in the book of John tonight. Going to go to Luke 22. We're going to see his character. <clears throat> Look at verse 14. And when the hour was come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. And he said unto them, with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks. And said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them saying, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Now, again, like we showed this morning, to me, this is stunning. 
the disciples knew to one degree or another what, you know, there's something's going on. And Lord knows what they had discerned among themselves. But now they're witnessing Christ speaking of that which he had alluded to earlier to the disciples in general when most of them left. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. And now they're seeing it come to full fruition. But look at verse 21. But behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goeth as it was determined. But woe unto this man by whom he is betrayed. The Lord says, look, this is something, it's in prophecy. This was going to be, this is what's going to take place. But woe to the man that betrays me. Now, again, this is one of those moments that you stop and you just think. Judas has been with him three years. He knows what Christ has taught about salvation. He knows, he knows, he must know that there is something different about Christ. What his final thoughts were, Lord knows. He says something to the leadership when he goes and he takes back the 30 pieces of silver. I have betrayed the innocent blood. But that's about as close as he gets to saying, Jesus was God, I believe. He knows now, of course. But, He never had the heart to say, you know what? This is wrong. Now, remember what I brought up this morning? It's, I don't take it personally, really, I don't. It's God's word. But to me, it's stunning how we can take the word of God, open the word of God, have you ever have you ever had you open your bible you're having your devotions and all of a sudden a tear comes to your eye or you begin to rejoice and i mean you can you can you know the presence of god the same thing can happen in a church if we understand for instance tonight folks look what we're getting ready to celebrate Think on it. But it's amazing to me. There are some, they come in, and it's like this. Folks, that's sad. The same demonic power that kept Judas from seeing his sin, the same hardness of heart like Pharaoh that says, no, I, I, it doesn't matter. I want what I want because I am my own God. That's taking place here. He saw the miracles. He heard the parables. He heard the teaching. But the money still had his heart. 
He heard the words of Christ at the supper. He knew he was found out. Jesus didn't have to look at him. He just said, the hand of the man who betrays me, he's on the table with me. And it didn't change him. I just wonder what went through Judas's mind. Sadly, it wasn't enough. The sad thing is, it cost him immeasurably. Go to Matthew 27. Matthew chapter 27. Look at verse 3. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, he was condemned, no, Christ was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said... (laughs) You talk about a stone-cold heart. This was their response. What's that to us? See, thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed, went, and hanged himself. Now, we can only speculate, but I think if there is a man in hell today that is terrorized and, I mean, just tormented in heart and mind, it would be Judas. Can you imagine in all the time of this creation, you are the individual that betrayed Christ. That's sad. That is unbelievably sad. But there's another thief. Going to stay in chapter 27. Look at verse 39. And they passed by, and they that passed by reviled him, passing by Christ, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and build it and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests, mocking him with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. You know, it's amazing to me. We, we know how Satan tempts. And what they're doing is they're chiding the king of kings, trying to get a response from him. And of course, he does, they, they don't get the response. But I mean, all this that they said, it's demonic, but it's also childish. It's so sad. But look at the next verse. Look at verse 44. The thieves also, 
which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. So just like the conduct of Judas was wretched, the conduct of this man, along with his friend, it was the same way. While those down walking in front of Christ while he hung on the cross, while they reviled him and taunted him and dared him, these were saying the same. I'm telling you, it's going to be fascinating to learn from this man what happened next. Because when you consider what he did, there came a change. The man, this man, was in agony. He was, I, I mean, there's the, all the wretchedness that was going on, everything. Go to Luke 23, last passage. Luke 23, and we'll catch this man now in a little bit different light. And one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. You know what's really sad sometimes? Is when you're, 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 you've got somebody coming to you, they want counseling. But really what they want is they want to be delivered from the result of their sin. They don't want freedom from sin. They want to be able to choose whether or not to go back to it. They, they, just, they, they want you to get them out of the result of their sin. But look at verse 40. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, now understand, they're on the cross. There's agony. They're dying. They know their fate. But something has happened to this man. Let's continue. Saying, dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? He didn't say, dost thou not fear the power of the Roman government? He says, dost thou not fear God? Look at verse 41. And we indeed justly, again, I'm fascinated what, with what has happened to this man. For we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. Now, I'll tell you what happens. In fact, my wife and I were talking about this uh, earlier you, you, you begin to wonder how much did this man know about Christ, if anything, before he went to the cross? You, you listen to what he says, and, and, and you wonder, when did he pick this up? Did he pick it up a year ago? Did he hear Christ preach? one time. And all of a sudden, now that he's in the situation he's in, it clicks. Or 
Is he picking it all up? And it is possible when he's right there on the cross at that time. Understand something. He's looking over to Christ, and he's not only seeing Christ on the cross, he's seeing the little, I'll call it a sign, above him. This is Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Now, you stop and and you speculate. As, As he's there on the cross, here's Christ. And I can imagine him as all the chaos and everything's going on and all the anger and and all the taunting and everything, he hears Christ say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And, And then I can imagine he's watching, and here comes Mary, and here comes John. And he hears Christ say, woman, behold thy son. And then he hears him say, son, behold thy mother. And through the whole time, he's watching the conduct of Christ. I think there is enough right there. He didn't need a year. He didn't need any of that. He saw there what was taking place. Now, again, just just think about it. We're talking about another thief. He was with Jesus for three years. He saw the miracles. He heard the parables. He heard the teaching. He saw Christ as he healed He saw him as he rebuked the leadership in Israel, and rightly so. But that meant nothing. He had the bag, and that's all his heart, his evil heart, desired. On the other hand, here's a man. He says this, again, verse 41. And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Now, He's looking at Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Now, honestly, I I, I don't know. I don't know how it happened. But this thief put Christ on the throne of David, which makes me think maybe he did know a little bit. But when it comes to what really made the difference was those three hours. Now, could it have been four? 
Could it have been four? Could it have been more? A little bit more, maybe. I just figured this. <laughs> With Judas, three years. But it didn't matter. He had the bag. This man, three hours, four hours, whatever. But he said this, remember me when thou enterest into thy kingdom. Catch that. I mean, there was a change in his heart with enough of what he had heard. Remember, see, and that's why he didn't know. The joke was that, you know, I don't know how I got here. He knew how he got there. And it wasn't just the thing of the man on the middle cross said I could come. No. He recognized who he was. He called him Lord, and he knew he was king. And Jesus responded unto him, verse 43, and Jesus said unto him, Verily, truly, I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He saw the conduct of Christ, and it spoke volumes. I wonder how much the conduct of Christ speaks to us when we once again read through the Gospels. You stop and think about that. Could it be that we wind up getting so used to it? We've heard that story, you know, Jesus heals the leper. He speaks to the Pharisees. He, you know, this and that. And we've just kind of become, I don't know, what's, what's the word for it? Just not hardened, but I married, a, I, I married an English teacher for this reason. Numb, what's that? Apathetic, callous, there you go. Yeah, what's that? Desensitized. Yeah. I mean, we just, you know, we, we read through, and sometimes if we're not careful, and we know it's true, we wind up reading through the Bible because that's what we've got to do. And yet we know that there's times that the Lord speaks to us, and it's like, wow. We, he reemphasizes something, or we see something that we've never really extrapolated all that much before. This, I've never preached this message, and it's a short one. We're going to be done here very soon. But the point is this, the difference, it, it's amazing. You take these two men, the one, <laughs> he lives a life of sin. I mean, Judas had the bag. This guy had whatever he could lay his hands on to the point that he and his buddy got busted and they just weren't spending two months in the, um, in, in, the, in, in the jail there in Jerusalem or whatever it was. No, they were tried by the Roman government and it was to the point they're on the cross. They're dead. What in the world is worth your life? They thought it was okay. They went ahead. They stole. It's over. And they're on the cross. But there's somebody else there. 
This man came to his spiritual senses. And in a matter of hours, his heart changed. And I can imagine that it wasn't but a couple of hours after that, they came and broke their legs. He died. And he woke up in paradise. And Jesus looked at him and said, told you. I've got an I wonder how much our loved ones who have already gone to glory, I wonder how much they know. I wonder if there's a few members of the church that are sitting in the seats over here someplace and they're looking at each other and going, if he only knew, no, they wouldn't be doing that. They're in glory. They don't come down here. But if they're listening, if they're watching, I don't know. But I can imagine my mom and my dad saying, look, our kid, he hasn't learned all that much. He thinks he knows. You know, praise God. Aren't you glad? It's not going to be in paradise. That's been emptied. Our loved ones are in heaven. But aren't you glad there's one day we're going to be there? What, you know, fascinating. My wife uh, read something that uh, uh, Hamilton, Shelley Hamilton, wrote about her husband, Ron, that, uh, oh, what's the, what's the hospice? Yeah, that they stopped by and, and they said he's, he's fast going. And I, I, I love it. You know, Roger, now we're going to be gone next Sunday. But, you know, I'd love in a couple of weeks when we're here to sing, I shall come forth as gold. Because that's what Ron sang. That's, that's the song that Ron wrote um, when they went through the situation with his eye. And they were told then in about 40 years, it'll, it, it probably will take your life. And sure enough, this is exactly what, for some, for some reason, that kind of cancer. They took the eye out. You know, there he is. He's in ministry. But they said it'll cost you down the road, and it has. But, you know, he's, they've been singing that now for decades. God never moves without purpose or plan. Trying his servant and molding a man. Amazing. In just a matter of hours, that man, oh, he came forth as gold. He did. This is why people must look to the scripture and examine themselves. And even then, hearts might not be responding to the Holy Spirit. We need to come with the attitude of Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Lord, you search. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. 
Because again, like we cited again this morning, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked to the point of who can know it? Judas, three years. Let me ask you something. Do you think you would be the same? If it was you 2,000 years ago, would, would being with the Lord change your life? Well, yes, it changed yours now. But there's still work that needs to be done. I know there's work that needs to be done in my life. Three years, Judas, he had the bag. There are people today, even Christians, the world has too much hold on them. Hey, Demas, he decided, you know, I'm going to go for the bag, not for the ministry. This man, three hours, and he was different as night and day. That's a challenge. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come in now to this time, I pray that we would be mindful of our own conduct, mindful of what you have done. I thank you for these folks. Thank you for their faithfulness, for their desire for you. Lord, I pray as we partake of this now, we will have that vision of the time that we partake of it with you. What a joy that will be. But the truth is, what a joy it is now. This participation that leads to adoration because of what you have done. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.